Is David Bowie the Krampus? <laughs> Hey ho, and what do you know? It's the Sleeping Situation Podcast. I'm Ivy. I'm Matt. And that is my favorite opening line of all time. <laughs> 90s kids will never die. Oh, the goofy movie. That's an extremely goofy movie. Oh, of how Bigfoot is like in the frat house. Yes. Very incognito. You ever wonder, like, why we was wearing these gloves? Do you know why it is? I do know why. Tell me. It's because in the black and white, if they put their hands beside them, you wouldn't be able to see them. Yep. Or if they, like, touch their face or something. Yep. Also, gloves are easier to animate than hands. I mean, a lot of cartoon hands are basically gloves anyway. Right. But, fair point. Do you know why a lot of cartoon characters have four or three fingers instead of five? Because it's easier to animate. Besides that, though. Oh. There are other things. No, that's the only reason I knew is just because five looks really cluttered mm-hmm. and it takes longer. That's correct. So something about like Mickey looked like he had baseball glove yeah. on or something. I actually watched a really cool video about this and there are a couple other reasons that they said in this video anyway. It was from like a channel that talks about animation so I feel like there's validity to it. They said, um, oh, I don't remember the word for it now. There's a word for something that if it looks too close to real life but you know it's not real life, it creeps you out a little bit. It's yeah. the reason why those, like, scary oil paintings and Spongebob or, like, Flapjack kind of creep you out. Yeah. Because it's, like, they're real life, but they're a little too gross or off or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they said some cartoon characters, they look creepy if they have, like, normal people hands. If they have cartoony hands with only, like, three or four fingers or something like that, you know that they're a cartoon and your brain doesn't go like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And there's also something about... So when they would, like, translate cartoons into Japanese and show them in Japan, there was something about having four fingers that was connected to the mob, because if you do something bad, they cut off one of your fingers. So, like, if Spongebob had four fingers in Japan, that implies that he's in the mob. Mm -hmm. So they have to edit five fingers onto Spongebob or Bart Simpson or whoever it is. That's very interesting. Yeah. Did you know that in Aladdin, all of the characters have five fingers except for the genie? And the little salesman guy. Yeah, well, yeah. Who is the genie? They said that. Yes. Confirmed. Apparently, there was, like, the last scene was supposed to be... Like a hint at it. Well, it was... Right? It was They were just going to reveal that it was the genie. Oh, yeah. And they cut it. So it was, like, turned out to be an Easter egg instead. Yes. So, hey, besides watching Cartoon Hands, what you been up to? Uh, I got a haircut. You did. Uh, and you shaved your face, yes, too. Yes, I did. A Thanksgiving miracle. <laughs> actually shaved my face before I got a haircut, because when my hair is real long, it looks all right if my face is all scruffy, but when I get a haircut and I still have scruffy face, I look real weird, so I had a... You look like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo? More or less, yeah. Only redder and patchier. It's uh, Shaggy's brother, Patchy. (laughs) My facial hair doesn't come in great. No, you just have, like, one spot on each side where it just doesn't go. Yeah, it looks real goofy. The rest of it is fine. Okay. You're not the only one, though. I think a lot of guys are like that. Really? That one spot doesn't... That's weird. It's worse because it comes in red. What's been going on with you? Nothing much besides gearing up for Christmas. Christmas is Get, coming. Getting festive. I've started my Christmas shopping. You did? Yes. Did you buy something? I bought something. <gasps> This is probably oh the earliest I've ever started Christmas shopping. Oh my goodness. 
I have lots of ideas for people. I just haven't actually purchased them yet. Good for you. And I got the one thing I bought was for you. And is it here? Can it I is. Find it? it is. That's okay. Yours is here, and you're not allowed to look for it. Well, you're not allowed to look for it either. Well, you know where yours is, so don't go digging. I hid it in a safe spot. Is it gonna be like in Christmas Vacation, where he goes to hide the thing in the attic, and he pulls out the box that says like Happy Mother's Day, 1957? Yeah. Yeah, I have some ideas for people. I just haven't actually done them yet. I had a good, I had a couple ideas for you, and then you keep dropping bigger things in my lap. No, I just keep giving you ideas. You don't have to get them. I know, but I'm, some of them are really good ideas. And, like, if I could do it, I, it, it would be really cool. But I now there's, like, so many options. You gonna get me another kitty? No. We don't have room for another kitty. Okay. Kitty does not want us to have another kitty. Maybe another Christmas. Okay. Maybe when we get a bigger place. Yeah. I would cry. We can get a new kitty. If you gave me a cat for Christmas, I would cry so much. I'd be like one of those crazy people in the videos you see online. Yeah, that's the main reason for me not doing it, because that'll just be weird. (laughs) I watch those videos, and I cannot get through them. No, Like me watching other people get excited about getting a dog or a cat. Mm -hmm. It, It makes me crazy. I tried to watch one at work once, and I was like sniffling, and I had to, like, I got through half of it and had to turn it off because I was like losing it. As for me, all of my Christmas shopping is done. I am at how? I sh- like when? I think I should maybe get one more thing. When did you finish it? I mean, if you want to count that three boxes came yesterday. Oh. But I ordered them. Yeah. A week ago. I like. I don't know what to get. Hardly anyone. I know what to get you because you told me. And oh, yeah. I have a couple ideas for my dad, but I asked him today, and he said, "Oh, just whatever I can eat." I was like, "What?" <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to ask, like. Your mom for ideas for your dad, or... Yeah, but she never knows either. No? No. I was going to say, he's the hardest person to shop for besides me, and that's only because he has 30 years on me, and has <laughs> just gotten... He has more stuff all, than Yeah, all the stuff that he's wanted. In a bigger house. Yeah. He has room to put stuff. Mm-hmm. He'd fill up my old room. I'm surprised that it's still, like, a bedroom, and not... A bowling alley? A bowling alley, <laughs> or just, like, the man cave. Uh, there's a couple concerts that were announced today that I'm super excited about. I'm going to actually have to try to go to them, not unlike most concerts that I get excited about. And then wait too long to buy a ticket. Right. Now, you got to be one of those sitting there with your hand over the button. I know. 12.55. Well, they're super cheap now, because they're like, haven't gone on sale yet. One of my favorite bands right now, Royal Blood, is playing in Pittsburgh, and that's the closest they're going to come, and they're from England. Oh. So, I'm, that just might have to happen. I, I told one of my coworkers, and he's like, we're going. Like, because... Good, he'll go with you? Yeah. I just don't know them very well, so you should probably take him. Yes. Um, I, he's, like, super into them now. They came on the radio at work one day, and he's like, who are these guys? And I'm like, dude, this is Royal Blood. They're, like, my favorite band right now. And he's like, oh, yeah, they sound pretty cool. And I'm like, it's just two dudes. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's a drummer and a bass player. This is the one that's, okay. Yeah, I that's remember that now. band. It's just a drummer and a bass player, and he runs his bass through, like, three completely different guitar rigs with all these octave pedals and stuff, and it's awesome. That's cool. They sound huge. They're just, like, a really cool... I don't like a lot of, like, the modern rock and roll kind of bands, uh, but I like them a lot. A lot because it's just two dudes. Every time I see them, I'm like, it's just a bass player. <laughs> like, I don't need to be in a four-piece. <laughs> I'll just buy an octave pedal. 
couple more guitar amps, then I'll be set. Um, the other announcement was one of my all-time favorite dudes, uh, David Bazan, is reforming the band Pedro the Lion, and they're playing at the Grog Shop in Cleveland. Like, I almost, like, screamed a little bit. Because <laughs> haven't, he hasn't been doing anything as Pedro the Lion for, like, a while. He's just been doing, like, solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's doing this big reunion tour. Next summer. Yeah, in That's August. That's the worst feeling. The Royal Blood one is, like, in May, I think. I hate how early you have to buy them. Yeah. Bought my Harry Styles ticket to the day one year before <laughs> the concert. Not even kidding. That's when they went on sale. Yeah. I still, I'm still, like, thinking about going and seeing David Crosby. He's playing the Kent stage, I think. That would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Also, the zombies are playing, and I kind of want to go just to see the zombies. You've been talking about that one for. A well, long they time. played there once before, and I missed it. Oh, so I might that might might just happen. I'll just go by myself. You don't have to come. I think tickets were like expensive though; they were like fifty bucks. Oh, I don't remember how much David Crosby was. They're probably like a hundred and fifty now because I waited. Yeah. I was looking today when you told me about those, and there have been a handful of bands that have come around that I was like. Maybe I'd go see them, mm-hmm. but nobody that I've been like, I have to go for a while. Yeah. It's been a minute. There's been a couple bands that I would love to see, but they're always playing like the Q. And oh. I don't really, I have no interest in seeing a band in that big of a venue. I like it for some. It doesn't bother me. Like. But I prefer like a, the Beachland or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, if Foo Fighters was playing the Beachland, I would totally be there. You'd never get a ticket. Oh, no. (laughs) But, like, that's what... I think about that a lot. This is... I have so many delusions of grandeur that I'm like, if I ever get to the point where I'm in a band that can play places like the Q, I don't know if I would want to. It depends, because I think if you're at that point, somebody's telling you this is in your contract and you have to make us this much money and you play this venue, you know? Like, yeah. I don't think it's all up to the artist. I think some of it is, like, the management and the record label right. and things like that. See, but I would rather, like, like if you had the option to play the queue or do, like, four nights at the Beachland. Sure, sure. I would much rather do four nights at the Beachland. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like, that's how a lot of, that's how it used to be. Yeah. You know, bands would come in and they would, like, play five or six dates at a at a place. And I, I think I would like that. Because, like, imagine seeing, like, War Paint at, like, the queue or something. It would have not at all been the same concert. No. I think it still would have worked. But I just, that I like, setting just doesn't bother me. Okay. We were, like, three rows down from the top at Panic at the Disco, and it was still a rockin' good time. Oh, see, I, <laughs> I would rather be in, like, a small place and see someone. Some people I like play one kind and some play the other. Yeah. And like I saw Ed Sheeran at the LC and then I saw him at an amphitheater and was way far back and the other time I was 10 feet away from him, you know? Yeah. When we went and saw Bela Fleck in Chick Corea, that was like a 2,000-seater place. Like, it was pretty big. Mm-hmm. It might be more than that. And that's that's about as big as I care to, to go to a place. And I know that, like, limits what concerts I can go see, but... I don't know. I, I would just much rather see somebody like the House of Blues or the Newport. Or... Yeah. Also, screw you, OSU. Tearing down the Newport. See, I can't find anything about that, and I wonder if Vanilla lied to me. I would, Listen, I'm going to be so upset. I love that place. I've been to one concert there, and it was amazing. It's. I love that venue. Yeah. I like being up top and 
Yeah. The bottom. They're both good. Yeah. We saw Foxy Shazam and Circus Survive and Amberlynn there in like 2012. And it was awesome. Speaking of concerts, we're driving to Cleveland this Friday uh, to see my dudes in Discount Nostalgia at Dakota. Whoop, whoop. Of course, it'll be after we've already seen that that you're hearing this. So that was kind of. So we'll a, talk about it next time. A fruitless plug. But yeah, we'll talk about it next time. Probably the best band in the world. What else has been going on? We did a night where we just sat around and listened to records. That was pretty fun. Yeah. I made Ivy listen to a bunch of stuff. None of it. I told him to pick things that were, like, weird and... I think I told you, pick something you've never heard before. Mm -hmm. And Ivy grabbed Daydream Nation by Sonic Youth, which made me very happy. And we got through about half of that. It gets pretty noisy there Mm -hmm. towards the middle. I liked it, though. Yeah. That's a good one. It's also just long. Yeah. Doesn't need to be a double record. Does any record need to be a double record? No, it doesn't. I think that's what our t-shirt should be someday. Asterisk C episode, whatever that was, that I went on a double record rant Uh, two two weeks ago. ago. Yeah. So we did that, and we did What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. It's a nice one. Because I was not convinced that Ivy had actually ever listened to it. I have. I know I did. I just don't, like, know the songs by Uh, heart. It's so good. We did that one, and then I picked uh, Sextant by Herbie Hancock, which is the weird jazz it wasn't that bad, Real honestly. Real crazy. It, it, I don't really like jazz, and I it was fine. See, what you have to do, this is this is what you have to do. You have to start with, like, the fusion funky stuff. And work your way backwards? Yes. That's literally how you have to do it. I mean, I like Take 5. I mean, that's the album that I give to people that don't like jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you have to start with, like, the funk jazz records and the fusion records and the ones that are, like... Super radio-friendly, easy to listen to, and then you have to sort of go backwards, and then you have to end up at Mahavishnu Orchestra and Bitches Brew and those sort of things. Free jazz is even harder, because there's, like, not a song, and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> like, I can't, I can't even do that. It sounds like a train wreck, but an orchestrated one. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty much it. They're like, this sounds awful, but it's on purpose. So you knew somebody really smart came up with it. Right. My friend Alan has this, like, Facebook post series that he does. Well, he has several of them, to be honest. But one of them is he describes something and then asks, is that art? (laughs) And the other day he posted one that said, if you have a CD and it gets scratched so that, like, something weird happens to the song every time you listen to it, (laughs) is that art? (laughs) And I always always read the comments because people are always coming up with funny stuff. Mm -hmm. And somebody said something about, like, I think it has to be intentional to be art, and I'd never thought about it that way, talking about jazz and how it's like an orchestrated mm. train wreck. Like, it's just noise, but it's on purpose, so that's what makes it art. That just made me think of that, because I just like, never heard it put that way. So, like, if there's a bunch of leaves on the ground, it's not art, but if you arrange leaves in the corner of the art exhibit and put a tag on it, right? that's art, because <clears> you did it on purpose. I suppose. I don't know. That was just an interesting thought. I don't know who said it. That's a whole debate that I don't think we should start right now. <laughs> it's a whole debate you can find on Alan's <laughs> Facebook about once a week. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing that's going on is we were playing ukuleles, and we decided we're bringing back our ukulele band. The spur of the moment, we happened to have fun yeah. when we were sitting down and thought, I guess we can do that again. <laughs> our ukulele band is called Spy Movie. We've done exactly nothing ever. Nuh-uh, we recorded my song. We did. It's on my computer somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'll probably have to go back and, like, redo it all now that I kind of know how to work GarageBand. The only song I've ever written. Yeah. About a 
cat we met at the Humane Society but didn't take home. Yes, it's a very sweet song. Ray heard the word cat and ran past very quickly to <laughs> warn us. No cats. All right, so that's about what's going on. Uh, no cat quotes this week. I'm slacking. Or you didn't either. I asked him. You just didn't write him Did down. Did you? I, d- I, I asked like five yesterday. Oh, I just don't remember. I didn't write him down. That's a bummer. But now it's time for our next most favorite segment. Things of the week. Things of the week. Uh, my things of the week are Pedro the Lion because they're touring again. And when we were playing ukuleles, I did a couple of their songs and forgot how much I like them. That's probably all I'm going to be listening to this week. Um, this last week, I've been listening to Weather Report a lot, the jazz fusion band. Um, it is also December, which means December 1st. I guess it doesn't mean that, uh, but December 1st was Jocko's birthday, so happy birthday, Jocko. Uh, and also, things of the week are Oreo cookies and cream Hershey bars. Things of the week. Things of the week. All right, so this week, my things of the week include, one, the Your 2017 Wrapped program from Spotify. It's sort of an expansion of their thing that they usually tell you your, like, top 100 songs of the year. There's this little app thing that you clicked, 2017wrapped.com, you can go to, and it connects to your Spotify, and it tells you, it gives you this kind of rundown of facts, like, these are the genres you listen to most, and it gave you, like, a little quiz to, like, guess what artists you listen to most, and, like, what whatever you listen to most. Fun fact, I listened to the single song Eye to Eye by Tevin Campbell, the voice of Powerline from the Goofy movie, enough times that they made him one of the choices to guess from for my most listened to <laughs> artist of the year. I listen to it every day at work at 3 o'clock because that's when I start to lose my energy. So I listen to Eye to Eye. That's the lamest thing you've ever said. It's like my favorite song in the world. <laughs> My other things of the week are I bought a pair of leggings from Marshalls, and they're from a brand called Derek Hart, and they have penguins all over them, and they are legit the softest pair of leggings I've ever put on in my entire life. Can confirm. They feel like butter on your legs, and they were $5. So hit up your local Marshalls before they switch up the stock again, because those leggings are amazing. And finally, uh, my last thing of the week is the Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell, because I had one for the first time in the longest time, and it really just hit the spot. That's all I can say about it is if you only have them once in a while, it feels great to eat one. If you eat Taco Bell every day, maybe you'll want to die. <laughs> but I hadn't had Taco Bell in a long time, and a crunch wrap was really what I needed that day. Yeah. Things of the week. Things of the week. Wow. I'm getting to the point where every time I eat Taco Bell, it feels like I'm going to die. I have See, to space it out more or something. There's this magical concept that they came up with a while back where you take a box and you... Put some food in it and take it with you for to eat later. Packing your lunch. I know. Packing been, your lunch. <clears throat> I've been doing Subway a lot. You're going to lose lots of weight? Trying to. Then. I have lost weight. I don't know how. I was going to make a Jared joke. and it, Well, yeah. No, I've like lost weight. I don't know how. Hey, probably it, a combination it must of. must be the Subway, I guess. Eating a little better and being on your feet all day. Yeah. All right, shall we go to our next segment? Yes, we shall. So <laughs> the next segment is usually where we do a little review of something. And if you recall, a Maybe few three. weeks ago, we recast the movie Clue, and we did a real bad job at it. Because uh, we Speak had never... for yourself. I think I did an okay <laughs> job. Okay. Sorry. We had never actually seen the movie Clue. That list was suggested to us by Ivy's friend Holly, and she was awesome enough to send us a copy of the movie Clue. She's an absolute babe, and I love her so much. 
So she sent it to us and we watched it. And now we're going to do a mini review of the movie as well as, I don't know, fix some of our recastings and do a few other ones that we didn't know about because we hadn't seen the movie. So thanks to Holly for suggesting the recast and to for sending us the movie. Thank you for enabling us and giving us more content. We yes. appreciate you. <laughs> thanks for the content. We should say probably big spoilers ahead if you haven't seen this movie from like 19... 19- <laughs> 85, yes. Or something. Yeah, if you're... We're probably going to talk about the end and what happens and such. So, fast forward 15 or 20 minutes if you don't want to hear any of it. But you should watch the movie. It was a fun time, but do you want to give a little summary of the movie? Uh, sure, I'll try. Um, so... Based on the board game, Clue. Yes, the movie is based on the board game, Clue. And all these people show up to this mansion and... People start dying, and then they're trying to figure out who's killing everyone. It's basically what happens. It's a big old murder mystery. Yes, it is. But there's kind of a complex backstory to it. It's not just like, all these people are here and someone's a murderer. There's this whole backplot about how they're all being blackmailed for something. Yeah. They've been led to believe that like something's going to change with the blackmail situation. That's what I should say. Yes. Uh, but they don't really know what's going on, and they don't know each other. Right. And they don't even know that that's why they're there. Right. At the beginning. They just all show up to this dinner date. They've just been invited. Like, they get a letter. Yes. And then people start dying. Dun, dun, dun. By murder, not just by accident. I mean, we think by murder. Right. You start to learn that it's by murder. Right. Well, I mean, the one person has a knife in their back. Yes. That's pretty murdery. I mean, she's a cook. It could be an accident. I suppose. She's the round knives. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, this movie, it was basically everything I expected a movie based on the board game Clue to be, but a lot funnier. Yeah, it didn't feel too, like, cliche. Yeah. I didn't think, at least. And, or if it was, it was very tongue-in-cheek about it, Mm -hmm. at least. So, like, they found the secret passageway. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't just like, oh, this is here, guess we should run back and forth a hundred times, or... Mm -hmm. Like, there was a reason for it, at least. They gave it an explanation. Yeah, I think it was it was really cleverly done. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't too sort of in-your-face the board game. Yeah, it was um, just like nods and hints to it. Right, yeah. If you've never played the board game, you could still enjoy the movie. Sure. Fairly well-thought-out story. And, yeah. Like, complex and crisscrossing and mm-hmm. building upon itself the mm-hmm. whole time. Like, I can't imagine how... They had to lay out all the details to figure out who should be where, when, and, like, how everybody connects to who. Like, that's a lot of work. Yeah. Knowing knowing how to be a writer. <laughs> like, that's a lot for somebody's brain or a couple people's brains to put together. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was. Like, well done. It was really cleverly done. And it is, I mean, it does have an element of suspense to it, but it's not overly heavy. I mean, there's enough sort of jokes in there. Um, yeah. And funny dialogue. Uh, that it keeps it light, but you're still like... It's like you're on the edge of your seat, but you're giggling about it. Yes. Yeah. Like when she's sneaking up to the curtains, you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. But then there's nobody there. But the whole time you're like, she's gonna get it. Is she gonna get it? What's gonna jump out at her? But you're excited about it. Right. Or there's, there's, spoiler alert, Um, there's one really sort of intense scene where the power goes out, and like Mm -hmm. two people get murdered, one person gets like noosed, and the other person gets whacked on the head with the lead pipe. 
And then the doorbell rings, and they open it up, and it's a singing telegram girl, and she gets, like, two words out, and then somebody shoots her and slams the door. (laughs) And, like, it was this really suspenseful moment where you're like, oh, my gosh, two people just got murdered, and then they just open the door, and he shoots her and slams it. And it was, like, a really, like, darkly funny moment. Yeah. And, like, really heavy. Like, I thought that was really clever, because you're like, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. Then they're just like, bang. Shoot. Yeah. (laughs) They say shoot. Um, It's almost like, you know, in Indiana Jones... When he walks up and the guy's, like, flipping the sword around. I think. They're, like, chasing him through the market. Mm-hmm. And the crowd parts and there's this guy flipping this big sword around. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and there's this moment of, like, oh, shoot. And then he just pulls out his gun and shoots oh, him. Oh, yeah. It's, like, that sort of comedic relief to a really tense situation. Yeah, it's, like, slapstick murder. Yeah. If that's a thing. Yeah. And, like, the chandelier almost falls on people, but it doesn't. And, yeah. like... You know, he tries to break down the door and just bounces off of it. Yeah. Like, there's that kind of physical humor along with mm-hmm. the, like, murders that it all kind of feels like it's that same level of, like, three stooges almost. Mm-hmm. Or there's there's one scene where they're, like, piling the bodies on a couch and Professor Plum gets, like, trapped mm-hmm. in between them. And there's this moment he's just, like, uh, like, sitting in between. Yeah. Like, it's very human kind of goofiness humor. A couple things that... I didn't like. There's a couple major plot holes that they just kind of leave you hanging with. And, like, when the movie ended, I was like, wait, why? What? And I had to get online to even figure out what the heck. And even the people on the internet were like, this doesn't make any sense. A little bit. It doesn't quite match up. And they also go through it really fast at the end. He kind of walks them back through. The butler figures out what happens and Mm -hmm. walks them all back through and then accuses people of who killed who. Right. And... He goes so fast yeah, that, that it's really hard to follow. It was a little hard to follow. Even though like, you, you remember, he's saying, like, and then we went in here. And you remember that, but then he explains, like, why somebody did something. And you're like, wait, slow down. But he's already on to the next thing. So yeah. that was a little bit hard to follow, but maybe watching it again would help. Yes. Um, the other thing that I thought was really clever um, is that this movie has three different endings. Um, and apparently they wrote a fourth. Oh, that they said may or may not have been filmed or whatever. Oh. Um, so there's three possible endings to the movie. Um, three different murders. Uh, and on the original release, I learned that they shot and edited edited uh, three different versions of the movie. And they were all shipped out. And you would go to his theater, and whichever version they had is the ending you got. So if... Like, we went and saw it in one theater, but our friends went and saw it in another theater. They would have a different ending, which is really clever. And I don't yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of another movie doing it like that. No, I don't think so. Um, but they actually said that this movie was a bit of a flop when it came out. And they said that that's actually part of the reason is because people were too... Like, they knew that that was a thing and they couldn't decide which movie theater to go to. So they just didn't go. <laughs> that's funny. And so no one went and saw it. But the on the DVD version, they include all three endings. And so there's two different viewing options, and you can view it one way and it's one ending. And then there's another way that shows you all three endings in sequence. It'll show you one ending, and then, then it's like, or this could have, or this might have happened, and then it... And then it's like, or this might have happened. It actually did say, but this really happened. It's right. what really happened for the one, so... Right, which I thought was really clever, except for I was... Just all sorts of confused. It was hard to watch them all yeah. in a row. The ending is so fast anyhow. 
that by the time you get a grasp on the first ending, you're already halfway through the second one and now lost. Yeah, it was a little hard to watch all of them instead of having like one randomized yeah. one. I I liked I thought that that was really clever that they did that, especially yep. because it's like every time you play the board game, it's a different. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You're right, because you never know. Right. Oh, that is clever. And so there's, you know, these three different endings with three different murderers. Mm-hmm. But to put them all right back to back was just, it was a little bit much. Yeah. For what it's worth, I liked the ending that where they're like, this is what really happened the best. That was also my favorite. That was the best But one. that is also the plot hole one. Right, yeah. That's the one that... The slight plot hole. ...screws you into a major plot hole. Oh, I don't think it's that It's, it's pretty... I personally don't think so, but... All right. I think it would have been helpful if they had spelled it out a little bit more, but... Yeah. But I had... Once I put it together in my head, at least the way that I think it is makes sense right. to me. I also liked... Okay, major super spoilers. We've been good so far, but this is the, the most spoilery spoiler. Stop listening now. <laughs> I liked how everyone killed someone. I thought that was super clever. I think that is clever. Because, like, the whole time you're like, somebody's killing all these people, and that's how they sort of frame it. It's like one person is killing all these people. Right. But it's like everybody kills someone. Yep. I thought that was really cool, because I didn't see that coming at all. Except for the one... Well, yeah. ...is with the FBI. Right. After his blackmail secret was that he was gay, then he reveals he was a, a plant the whole time. He was just... So that the FBI could get the information or whatever. Right. And then he runs out and goes, I'm going to make love to my wife. And that's (laughs) how it ends. That was a great ending. (laughs) It was a very, that was a very 80s ending. Yeah, it was. Uh, But yeah, it was pretty good. Also, um, I read online that when they accuse um, Madeline Kahn, Mrs. White, Mm -hmm. of killing the the maid. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I hate her so much flames on yeah. my face that was improvised she made she made up that whole little that speech really that she does. yeah that's really good and i was like reading and somebody was saying like this movie's really it's really there's a couple like laugh out loud kind of jokey moments but there's a couple like really subtle moments that are really funny yeah like the butler comes out and he's like yelling about something and they're like stop yelling and he's like i'm not yelling yeah. i'm not yelling i am yelling <laughs> okay i am yelling without it's not overly stupid but it's it's funny yeah or like at the very beginning when he steps in the dog poop and then everybody keeps going (laughs) yeah when he like walks by yeah i feel like i need to watch it maybe again yeah and i might pick up on some more things yeah i feel like it is one of those that we probably noticed more things yeah and it's a it's a fun movie like i wouldn't mind watching it another time or like it seems like it's a good movie if you have like friends over and you're like let's throw on a movie like, it's a good... I mean, especially, I bet, if there's somebody that hasn't seen it, like we were. Oh, yeah. I, I so. wonder if my sister's seen it. I feel like she would really like it. I think it. she would. Yeah. Also, just a round of applause for Tim Curry, because... Yeah. Just uh, a wonderful really performance. <laughs> what a good man. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Old Nigel Thornberry pulled one out. That's, he's Nigel Thornberry? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, of course he is. I just, I just, every time I see him, he's the clown from The Thing now. Not The Thing, it... Yeah. That, that was confusing. I said the thing is a general thing, <laughs> but that's also a horror movie. You need to see Rocky Horror, too. Yeah. It's musical. Oh, though. yeah, he's the guy in that. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in something else where he was, like, the bad guy, and I don't remember what it was. Forget. I want to say it was, like, Flubber or something. So, we did the recast. Thoughts on our recast list? Uh, so, as far as my list that I had goes, I like most of my list. 
I, to save time, I don't want to go all the way back yeah, through. Yeah, that's fine. But I did say The Rock for Mr. Green, which doesn't work. No. Uh, I think Michael Sarah could do it. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Because um, he's really kind of, he's the most scared of all of them. And right. like the most awkward and uh, jumpy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I think that might work. Um, I also had uh, Danny DeVito as Mr. Body, and that doesn't work no, as much as I work. thought it would. But I said Christoph Waltz would do really good because he's like the weaseliest guy you know. So, I have to think about who that is. Anyway, he's super Weasley. Okay. So that's why I like snivelly, like, yeah. he can play that. So I think that would be good. So as far as the originalist, those are the ones that right, I would yeah. change. I think the rest of them we did pretty good on. I like my answers um, for the rest of them. Even, like, for Mrs. White, like, the maid, mm-hmm. you said... Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, yeah. Picked. Like, she would be good as just, like, the kind of cranky maid... But in this movie, it's in the movie, it's a completely different character. Correct. But I think she could do that character as yeah, well. Yeah, I thought about that too, and I think the kind of like broody. Yeah. I don't. Um, she's sort of like stiff, but kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know. How would you describe her? The character. Uh, stiff is a good word. Kind of like a little bit neurotic, almost. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't I say Glenn Close for that one? I think you did. See, that'd which, be that'd be which good might too, also yeah. be good. Yeah. So there are a couple characters that we didn't do on our original list. Did you have any ideas for those? I did have a few. Yvette the maid is absolutely Sofia Vergara. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Because she's like, has an accent. Yeah. And big boobs. Yeah. And <laughs> I, like, I can see her in that part. Yeah. Um, I thought the cook, you said Kathy Bates for something else, but I thought Kathy Bates would be Oh, good she would be cook. good, yeah. Even I though it's a, it's a small part, but like she's... Kind of, like, grave and scary from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I think I said Kathy Bates for Mrs. White. The guy whose car breaks down, I said Jake Johnson. Oh, Because he be walks good. in, and everybody's acting weird, and he's just like, uh, why are you being so weird? Like, like he plays the straight man really well, right, I think. Yeah. So, on the phone, like, I don't know why these people are being so crazy, and they just bonked with the wrench. Yeah. Um, I had trouble with Wadsworth, but bear with me. Okay. Kate McKinnon. You'd have to turn around the plot a little bit. But wouldn't that be neat? That would be I neat. think that would be neat. She would do it super well. Yeah. I said, because didn't we say Jack Black for Professor Plum? You did. Because you Yeah, had... that's who we picked, I think. Okay. I was going to say Bill Hader. He could also do that. Yeah, because I think it would be super funny. Very, like, the Vincent Price character? Yes. That's exactly who he But, like, be. running around and, and being crazy. Yeah, that would also be good. Also, to add, uh, Holly sent me her list. So I wondered if you wanted me to read it. Yes. She borrowed a little bit from ours, but added several and had some of the characters that we didn't. Oh, did you did you have anyone for the, the cop? No, I hadn't thought okay. of anyone. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I just said the telegram lady should be Anna Kendrick. That would be very would funny. Be funny. I do like that. She's short and she sings. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was almost my entire reasoning. <laughs> okay. The first ever user-submitted recast list. All right. Holly's favorite movie, Clue, and this is how she'd cast it. Wadsworth is Neil Patrick Harris, which I think is pretty oh, good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. It'd turn into a musical, though. There'd have to be a musical no, number. No, no. She said uh, Alec Baldwin is Mr. Body. Oh, that's, which is okay, that's yeah. good, too. Uh, Margot Robbie is Yvette. She's yes. hot. Uh, Melissa McCarthy is the cook. Mm. Uh, she said Ewan McGregor is Mr. Green, who we put as Colonel Mustard. Yes. But I could see that, too. Yes. Uh, Ryan Reynolds as Colonel Mustard. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really liked this one. Uh, Winona Ryder as Mrs. White. 
Oh, yes. She's creepy enough. Yes, that would be really good. Yeah, she said, or Rose McGowan, but I really like the Winona Ryder idea. Uh, Mrs. Peacock, she agreed with me on Helena Bonham Carter. Good. Uh, Miss Scarlet, she said Charlize Theron, which would be pretty good. Yes. She's hot and sexy and mysterious. Yes, she is. And untouchable. Yes. Uh, she agreed with me on Professor Plum, Bill Hader. She said Michael Sarah actually is the motorist, which would also work. Oh, yeah. Uh, Terry Crews is the cop, <laughs> which would be funny. Ariana Grande is the singing telegram, mm. which would also work. She's mm-hmm. tiny and sings. Yeah. And uh, finally, the Jack Black is the solicitor guy that turns out to be the FBI oh, chief. Oh, that's good. Should be Bill Murray. <laughs> Yes. Do you have a minute to talk about our Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> was that a good Bill Murray? I that tried. Was, it I was mean, something. <laughs> anyway, thanks, Holly. So I like her list, too. Yeah, that was actually, it's probably better than our list. Holly beat us at her own game. At her her favorite movie. Yes. She, she deserves it. Thanks for sending us the idea and for sending us the movie. I definitely enjoyed it. Do you have a rating out of ten for the movie? Like eight. All right. I was going to go, like, seven. Um, I still really enjoyed it, uh, but just the things that I mentioned, plot holes, Mm -hmm. and the fact that the ending is... I could have done without the multiple endings, although I think it's it's the most clever thing about the movie. Yeah. But I could have done without it. And I think a little bit of it just sort of... It seemed very of its time. Yes. And I think some of those elements relate back to that the humor is sometimes very like, 80s yeah in like 80s movies they kind of just say things and move along they don't always tell you why mm-hmm. so i think that's a little bit like a product of its time too so i can't totally blame it yeah but like that's a reason why maybe also that came out the as movie. the same year as back to the literally future. 1985 yeah i was gonna say came out the same year as back to the future so christopher lloyd was having a good year what do you mean professor plum oh my god was that him? No, it wasn't. You didn't realize? No, it wasn't. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> he looks so different. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had no idea. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> nope. I'm pretty sure I, like, mentioned that to you before. I, I know I looked at it now that I'm looking at it now. When I think of him, I think of Doc Brown. Right, with His the crazy white hair. white hair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's so what he actually looked like in 1985. Not old and crazy. Hair. Yeah. yeah. It now right he, now he looks like 1985 Doc Brown. <laughs> All right. So that was our review. Our little mini recast review. That was a good movie. Recommend that you watch it if we didn't spoil everything for you. Highly recommend. It's a fun time. Yes. Thanks again, Holly. Thanks for being cool. We haven't met, but you sent us movies and ideas and stuff. So thanks. Alrighty, folks. This brings us to our final segment of the evening. Uh, Today we're going to do a top five, but a top five that's actually a bottom five. We're getting into the festive season here. It's December now. We're ahead of the holiday this time. We're not only talking about it once it's over, (laughs) but that's because there's such a big lead up to Christmas and or holiday season. Yeah, like a five month lead up. Yeah, pretty much. So our first festive game of the month is top five worst Christmas songs. It's like... So really the bottom five... Christmas songs. Yeah, we're taking a holiday that's beat to death, and we're combining it with my natural cynicism and negativism. Negativism. I'm very excited. They should put that in the dictionary. It's a word. I think we should do the best Christmas songs next week, though, to counteract it. So if that's something you'd like to see, stick around for the next episode. Yes. Don't leave us. But right now, 
I'm about to get real mad about Christmas songs. I feel pretty strongly about some of these, how much I dislike them. I feel, I do too, and I'm curious to what you're going to say. I don't think I have any that are going to offend you too much. Probably I, I have one that's going to make you mad, but... I know my favorite's on there, isn't it? No, it's not. Don't you be dissing Queen Mariah. This is the time of year when she rises. She's good for nothing else. Out of the bush. <laughs> no problem. All right, so let me get this out of the way real quick. Most Christmas songs are the worst Christmas songs. There are several that are just gems of musical things and that are very, very good. But most of them are not good. And I'm referring mostly to, like, Christmassy pop songs. Do you prefer pop songs or churchy songs? Um, or movie songs? Um, pop songs, probably. Me too. I don't really like the churchy ones Yeah, as they're much. just pretty much... They're very bland. They're very bland. Not many of them made my list, and I was thinking about this, because I just don't feel strong enough about them either way. Yeah. They're just there, and they're what I sing when I go to church with my family on Christmas Eve. Right. But, like, I don't dislike them. They're just there. Yeah. They don't, I, like, bother me. I don't really care if I ever hear, like, good King Wenceslas again, <laughs> but I, I'm not actively angry what against a it. bad example. <laughs> I was thinking, We Three like, Kings. First Noel or something like oh, that. Like, yeah. it's just a song. It's just there. Singing I, about the story. Why is that song, know? like, ten minutes long? It is. It's too long. I'm actually thinking now of, like, the best Christmas songs, and I think it's going to be hard for me to, like, squash it down to five, I, I have my list already. Really? Mm-hmm. I know, I know, like, the top three, but... I had to write them down as, as I was thinking about songs so I wouldn't forget, because yeah. there was one on here I almost forgot. Oh. But that I was thinking about in the car the other day, because I have the 100% of the time Christmas station on <laughs> until December 25th, or whenever they turn it off. Yeah. So... Normally, I have a really thought-out criteria, and this time it was as simple as, like, which ones are the most annoying and or boring. Like, boring is enough that it bothers you to listen yeah. to, not just boring like we said. I actually, I try to be really objective on this one, because there's some that I loathe, but they're not the worst Christmas song. I just dislike them a lot. So I try yeah. to be objective. I tried really hard. Some The number one one really just I hate. Okay. I was probably biased on that one. But <laughs> that and I wonder if one of us will have one that the other didn't think of. Because there are... I'm sure. Comparatively, There's there are a lot. There's a lot of Christmas yeah. songs. Okay. Should yeah. we get started? Go ahead. Alrighty. Um, I'll do my list and I have a handful of honorable mentions. Okay. Dishonorable mentions. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Top five worst Christmas songs. Number five is specifically Michael Bublé's version of Santa Baby because he changes all the words in the most, like, no-homo way possible. I, I really like the Santa Baby song, but he changes it to, like, Santa Buddy and, like, <laughs> Santa Pally is something that he says. And it's like, what are you, just call him, just sing the song. Like, yeah. just sing, I can't, I have, like, very little tolerance for lyric changes that, like, change, like, man to girl or something like that. Like, just sing the song. Oh, really? It's fine. I, I really don't like I, it. It's been done, and I've not hated it. It's always a little uncomfortable. Maybe maybe it depends, but I think more, more often than not, it bothers me. If I can sing Stevie's parts on Fleetwood Mac songs... Anyone can sing anything. I'm not saying that. I think they should be allowed to sing it. It just right. sometimes it's completely unnecessary. Trying to way too hard to not like. If you haven't heard his version of the song, okay, you have to listen to it once and let your ears bleed. <laughs> the The one line is a '54 convertible to light blue. Mm -hmm. He changes it to steel blue. 
because a man can't like light blue matte. And like the whole point of the song is that it leads up, she's asking for all these different things like money and cars and, you know, big stuff. And the end of the song is there's one more little thing, Mm -hmm. a ring. I don't mean on the phone is the line. So like it's all leading up to like marry me. Mm -hmm. And he changes it instead of a ring, it's cha ching. That's so bad. And I'm like, you, the the point of the song is that it was building up to the ring. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the most important. He just says cha-ching. He's asking for cash. The whole, it's terrible. That's, I hate his version of it. That sounds... I've never heard it. And I like some it. of his other versions, but I hate that song. I've never actually heard that. And his that version sounds that the song. worst. So that's my number five, though. <laughs> I hated that one that much, and it's my number five. <laughs> uh, my number four is We Three Kings. The worst Christmas carol of all time, as confirmed by internet sensation Mr. Tim. Uh, that, that ice cream truck playing We Three Kings of Orange Now, what ice cream truck plays the worst Christmas song of all time? I'm going to get me some ice cream. ice cream. Boy. <laughs> Look up Mr. Tim on YouTube if you haven't. Thing of the week. Um, <laughs> anyway, We Three Kings is the worst church Christmas song. It is. Uh, it's so gloomy. It's gloomy and sad. There's no reason to have a song about the kings. They don't need a song. Why? Why do they need a song? Somebody saw a moment to grab some cash or some fame to write the only song about the kings. Yeah. Back in AD 500 or something. <laughs> anyway. It was probably one of the kings. It was like, hey, yeah, we were there too. So that's number four. Number three is Silver Bells. What? It's so boring. I'm offended. It's about nothing, and it's about shopping. Yeah? It's about nothing. It's such a pretty song, It's so though. slow and boring. It's... <laughs> nothing happens. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks. What kind of a lyric is it's that? It's a pretty bad lyric, but it's, it's, a very, <laughs> it's a pretty, like, jazz standardy song. No. Don't like it. All right. I knew that one was going to be on your list. I really dislike that song, and I always have. Okay. Number three is Christmas Canon. Have you heard that one? No. I think you would know it maybe if you heard it. It's canon and D, but Christmasized, but with a children's choir. That sounds like my three least favorite things in the world. It's horrible. It's like a little boy, Chris, or a little boy children's choir, mm-hmm. like repeating themselves over and over and over. Oh, that sounds and terrible. Over. And and like the high part. On this day, on this day, on this Merry Christmas Day, on this day, on this day, on this Merry Christmas Day. That's bad. It's so bad. It's annoying. It's so annoying, and it lasts forever. (laughs) We don't need the children's choir. Please stop putting this song on this radio. (laughs) All right. Are you ready? Well, what are your dishonorable mentions? My dishonorable mentions? Controversial opinion. I kind of hate the little drummer boy. Yeah, it sucks. It's... Who wants to sing the words rum pum pum pum? No one. No one. No one it wants makes to you hear feel it like either. an idiot when you sing it. And it's really long and kind of boring. Yeah. But they made me sing it at church for like eight years in a row. They gave me this solo that I had to do over and over and over. And I hated it, but I never said no because I wanted the solo. But I never said no. Uh, Taylor Swift's entire Christmas album is bad. <laughs> Because she recorded it when she was still pretending to be a country singer. Right. So she's twangy. Mm. The twang that she suspiciously doesn't have anymore. It, it just sounds... She has, like, Last Christmas and Santa Baby on it. They're bad. Mm-hmm. They're terrible. I don't like Jackson 5's Up on the Housetop, because they change all the lyrics to put their names in it. <laughs> and so you can't sing along to it, because it's not the regular words. Yeah. Like, I like the rest of their Christmas songs. 
but I don't like they're up on the house top. Mm. I don't really like that song in general, but yeah, that one's not good. Um, I don't like Carol with the Bells when there's words. It's okay when there's no words. No, it's not. When if, if it's like an orchestra arrangement, yeah. I don't like it when there's words. A Sundial writer, Hannah Wagner, put up a piece recently about like Christmas songs that are actually creepy, mm-hmm. and she made this point that it's like the chanting and like Carol of the Bells when there's words are like super creepy and culty sounding. <laughs> the part of it is like throw cares away, throw cares away. Christmas is here. <laughs> it's it's actually scary. So she made a really good point. That's why it's on this list. And I don't really like I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Yeah. Because kids that little don't need to find out about their mom's kinks that way. That's my dishonorable mentions. All right. And the number one worst Christmas song is Do You Hear What I Hear? (laughs) It's the worst Christmas song of all time. (laughs) It's... Okay. Why is that a song? Why is that a question? It's so boring. The worst melody and most annoying lyrics... Ever. It's it's that weird, like, kind of arpeggio up and down yeah. in it. People cover it all the time on their Christmas albums, and I don't know why, because it doesn't sound like a pop song. Like, you, you can't, like, redo it to make it jazzier because of the way the melody is. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way to, like, make that sound like a radio song. And I think they just like it because there's, like, a high note in it. Mm-hmm. And I just <clears throat> really hate, I hate that everybody does it and it's not a good song. Yeah. has terrible lyrics, and you don't want to sing to it. Like, the ones that I like are ones that I want to sing along to. Right. That, like, I actually want to be a part of. I want to be zero part of Do You Hear What I Hear, ever. I, I forgot about that one. I forgot how much I hate that song. I blocked I'm glad it. you agree. I blocked it from my consciousness, and you just reminded me, and now it's stuck in my head. It is the worst Christmas song. Ba, 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 ba. Somebody sat down at the piano and displayed a major chord, and they're like, that sounds like a song. It's yeah, it's like the laziest, lamest, dumbest song. The lyrics are stupid. It has nothing to do with anything. And then we just throw Jesus in there for no reason. <laughs> Most Christmas songs. So that's that's my list. Did you ever see the video that was like, it was a Vox video that was like, what makes songs sound Christmassy? No. And they said, I'll have to find it for you. Sleigh bells. Well, they said it's this magic chord that makes mm. it sound Christmassy. Interesting. And it's the minor four chord, which is oh. the chord in Creep. Cre- <laughs> and also, like, the Beatles used it all the time. I'll show you the I video. Get, it's, it's making sense in my head. But um, one of the guys I watch all the time, Adam Neely, did, like, a response to it. And he's mm-hmm. like, what makes things sound Christmassy? And he does a six-minute video talking about it. And he goes, what really makes songs sound Christmassy? Sleigh bells. That's what I said. That's really the determining factor. Yep. All right. If we can find that video, we'll share it on our Facebook page so you all yeah, can find it. Yeah, I'll be it. able to find it. It's pretty, it's, it's interesting. We will share our knowledge. Yes. All right, Matt, you ready for your list? I am ready for my list. Top five worst Christmas songs. I hope you surprise me and you think of something that I totally didn't even I, I have several that okay. you didn't even mention. Okay. One of them you wouldn't mention, and two you didn't think of. Okay. Um... So, firstly, I'd like to start with my dishonorable mentions. All right. Everything Ivy said, except for Silver Bells. Also, did you say uh, A Holy Night? Yeah, you did, I think. No. That's oh. one of that's probably my favorite churchy Christmas song. Yeah, it's, it's very it's pretty. It's very pretty. That's on your dishonorable list? It's, it's just so long. You just said it's pretty. It is pretty. Never mind. <laughs> um, so, all, all of the ones Ivy had, minus Silver Bells. 
I hate to say it, wonderful Christmas time. <gasps> you fiend. It's really not Paul is frowning at you. You know how in that episode of Spongebob where he eats the snail po, the food, and he goes, Wah! and like miles away the guy goes, I feel a disturbance. <laughs> you just did that to Paul McCartney. <laughs> All right. He was just like in a hotel room somewhere, and he like looked up, <laughs> and somebody was like, "What is it, Paul?" And he goes, "I, I don't know. I feel something. <laughs> a man somewhere. <laughs> he said something." All right, all right. How about I'll give you this much? As far as Christmas songs go, it's pretty decent. Yeah. As far as Paul McCartney songs go, that's fair. It's but pretty bad. I think it's bloop 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 bloop. It's so fun. I like that one. You just imagine Paul smiling and bouncing around, and that's it's like it's it's like somebody gave Paul a synthesizer, and he's like, "Ooh!" It's it's like it should be in a movie, and then there's karaoke lyrics at the bottom, and a little cartoon Paul head is the thing that's bouncing <laughs> to tell you what word to say. Yeah, I feel like there was a couple more that I should have written down that I just now am forgetting about. Most of the caroly ones I could do without. They're just so. Meh. So number five, the one that's most likely to get me to sleep on the couch tonight, and I'm keep in mind I'm trying to be objective, mm-hmm. and so that's why it's lower on the list. Can I guess? Yeah, Last Christmas. Every version of Last Christmas. I it's not my absolute favorite, but I do enjoy oh, it. I hate. I'm not that, that song. mad about you picking that because I knew you didn't like it. It has that really stupid, it just does this minor thing in the middle, and it just makes me so mad. To be fair, it's like about a guy singing about being in love with another guy. I mean... It's progressive. So? I don't care. Thanks, Wham. <laughs> Thanks, George Michael. It's not a, that good of a song. There's so many of them. Taylor Swift's is bad. Everyone covers that song. Yeah, they and do. And they're never good. <laughs> oh, um, Baby It's Cold Outside. I like Baby It's Cold Outside. Not that doesn't really have to do anything with Christmas. Correct. But and it's wintry. Every version gets progressively rapier. So, there's a really interesting feminist defense of Baby It's Cold Outside going around. It's kind of, in the context that it was written, it's different than we read it today. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've read that, like, the original version mm-hmm. is much sweeter. The thing is... If you take it in the context of, I don't, like, the 50s mm-hmm. or so when it came out, um, first of all, the what's in this drink was a common, like, saying. It wasn't, she's not literally asking if there's something in her drink. It's yeah. a joke that people kind of made offhandedly mm-hmm. all the time. So, at the time, no one would have blinked at it. Yeah. So, that's something that we read differently. And another piece of it is that... The actual kind of interaction between them is different than what we expect because at the time, like, being alone unchaperoned with, like, a guy you're not married to wasn't allowed. Mm. So she's saying, no, I have to get home, but she means I want to stay, but they're telling me I have to go home. Oh. So if you look at it historically, she's she's actually only making the excuses because society expects her mm. To reject him, and he's he's trying to say, you know, buck all that, you can do what you want. Yeah. Kind of. He's also saying, I want to get with you. So mm-hmm. he's not completely blameless, the, like, male right. character. But at the time, no one read it that way because she has no choice but to say that. Whether she wants to say or not, that's what she has to say. Hmm. And so the reason that she's coming up with so many responses, like, excuses, mm-hmm. and most of them based on, think of what people will say, means that she actually wants to say, she just 
you know, Candace, she wants to keep her reputation. Interesting. Yeah. Just, Today it doesn't ring the same. Right, and, yeah. And maybe it, it is still creepy. Yeah, now it, but, just, it sounds a little creepy. And, but historically it's, like, something that's interesting to know that you don't have to be so, like, you don't have to read it in such a creepy way. Okay. If you think about it that yeah. way. An interesting thing that I learned. And I'm lately. sure the first version was much sweeter and it's gotten, like, more sexual. Yes. I think. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not my least favorite Christmas song, but it's, it's not my favorite. And it, I really enjoy it. I think it's a cute duet and it's really fun to sing. Yeah. Okay. When we, when we were doing it for Christmas Eve, when we were doing the Christmas Eve thing at church, we tried to get, we were literally going to do it, except for we couldn't, like, nail it down and have Andy and Jake do the, <laughs> the two parts. How funny would that it be? It was so funny, but we, That's it, really good. like, we couldn't get through it without laughing, firstly. <laughs> and then it's just, it's not, like, the band is sort of going, and the vocal parts are sort of independent, and it was actually yeah. really hard to nail down. To play and sing at the same time. Well, just to play it and still be on, like, in track with the vocals. Oh. And, like, be able to play, it was just... That would have been real funny. It was a little... Yeah, it was tough. So, right. anyway, number four on so, your list? So, anyhow... Pull it back down. Um, so, five was last Christmas. Number four, every version of Santa Baby. You thought the other one was going to make me fight you? <laughs> Eartha Kitt's version? I have I don't incredible. Know All right, you have to amazing. play it for me. I just it, she does it perfectly. I think she may be the original. I'm not sure. Mm. Just never a fan. It's a weird thing to be sexy about Santa. Yeah, but and I but think it's that's, like it's what's it's, it's like it's like calling <laughs> it's like people who call their boyfriends daddy. Yeah, it's like Santa is like becomes that thing. Like you just like it's like me calling you like Santa. What are you getting me for Christmas? She's not actually singing to Santa. She's I know, singing but, to her man. All right, you know what? You know what ruined this song to me. I'm remembering this now. Okay. Remember in like eighth grade when we did the band Christmas tour? Yeah. Around the elementary schools, mm-hmm. the one year the show choir came with us Ooh. and did that song. Oh, that never happened to me. And I think that's what <laughs> it's just lodged in my brain is this strange thing. I only hate Bublé's. I really like the song. He ruined it. I, I don't like the song. <sighs> Number three, mm-hmm. the Band-Aid recording of Do They Know It's Christmas. Oh. Clunker. Just like, like... Great in theory. Not a good right. song. They're like, hey, let's get all the most famous musicians ever together and record this song. It should have been great. should have been yeah. great. Was not. Love the idea that it was for charity, but it's not a good yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what... <laughs> they could have done a way better song. Like, you don't have to sing about the charity to make it a charity song. Right. Yeah. Number two, every version ever, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. <gasps> That's, yeah. It's so bad. It's such a dumb song. And it's never not just, like, stupid and campy. You ever seen the cartoon movie that they made on Cartoon Network? Yes. Oh, it's so bad, but Zane and I love it. It's so <laughs> bad, and it's just, just the worst song. Yeah. Except for it's not the worst Christmas song. Do you want to know what the worst Christmas song is? I don't know what you're going to say. This is the most specific one. Because the Band-Aid one is, I guess, this is the only, like, specific... But this is, like, somebody's version? This is a recording... Okay. ...that happened. Okay. We as humans allowed this to happen. (laughs) Peace on Earth slash Little Drummer Boy, David Bowie, and Bing Crosby... I've never heard that, I don't think. Oh my god. It's unlistenable. 
We have to play it after this, because I don't know if I've ever it's, heard that. It's the worst thing ever recorded. It, I mean, I already like, voiced my distaste for the little drummer boy. No, I'm not <laughs> sure you understand. Like, firstly, who are the two most different people in the entire universe? <laughs> Those two. David, <laughs> David Bowie. In that they sing was probably the only thing that makes them not opposite. Right. And so they're like, let's put them together and make up this arrangement for a song. What year did this happen? Like the 80s. When did Bing Crosby die? Is he still alive? No. No. When did he die? He would be like a million. I don't know. How old is he? Yeah, but if that was in the 80s, I know it's longer ago than it feels like, because it still feels like it's 2005, but he was 50 when White Christmas came out in like 54. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he was... So in the 80s, he was like... Maybe late 70s? Yeah. I don't know. Look it up. I'm I'm not sure, like, when we were saying this, I mean, this is, might be just the worst thing ever done. Okay, he died in 77. Oh. So, so mid-70s then, apparently. Uh, and don't get me wrong, Bing Crosby, as far as Christmas standards go, I mean, isn't White Christmas, like, the number one selling song of all time? I think it is. So the man has earned his stay as as far as top of Christmas lists go. And Bowie has, you know, done what Bowie has done, but this just is, never should have happened. So the song was released in 82. 82. After he died. Oh. So it wasn't really a duet. It was David Bowie recording. No, they did it as a duet. There's... He died several years before that, so. No, I think there's, I don't know. I think there's a video of them, like, doing it as oh, a duet. Oh, rec- it was recorded in 77. Yeah, there you go. Right before, okay, right before he died. That's probably what killed him. <laughs> they, they played it back and he killed over. So that's the very dramatic end to my list. If you've never heard this song, do yourself a favor. Like, I don't know, bite down on a piece of rope and listen to it. It's just so bad. I will have to try it. I hope I'll never write or record anything oh, that bad. Oh, so it was on, like, a TV show yes. that came out right after he died. Mm. But they didn't... It looks like the single wasn't released oh. until a there little you later. Go. Yeah, we'll have to watch it. It's yeah. it's painful. So yeah. that's that's my list. That's our list. Let us know who you think did it better. David Bowie killed Christmas for you, didn't he? He's done two of those. David Bowie's the last person that should be doing Christmas songs. I think that's why. Is David Bowie the Krampus? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I'm sure I'll think of more Christmas songs I hate as we get closer to Christmas. I don't care for Deck the Halls, all the fa-la-las. Nah. Who who wants to take all the time to do that over and over? (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. I mean, as far as we'll do a little preview... Are there any sort of traditionally, traditionally, carolly songs that make your Christmas top five? Because I'm like um, thinking about it, and I don't think there's any. Like, like that somebody would ring your doorbell and sing. Yeah. Maybe one. Maybe one. Maybe one. Like traditional Christmas songs. Yeah. Okay. Not. It's not a churchy one, but it's a more traditional oh. one. Anything else? No, I think that about does it. All right. I'm I've... as about as festive as a Christmas tree. I'm all worked up about David Bowie now. So that's our list. That's the show. Be sure to shoot us a message on Facebook or email us at sleepingsituation at gmail.com. Catch us on Instagram at sleepingsituation. We mostly just post pictures of the cat. That's all right. This Friday, look out for our Twitter poll. Uh, We're at sleepingsitch. 
And on Friday, you can vote on which one of us had the better top bottom five list, whose list you liked better. Yes. Tune in. I believe I've won the last two polls. Ah, it's because only your friends vote on them. Gotta they're, recruit they're your buddies. unfairly biased. Someday we'll get more than two votes, and then maybe it'll be fair. <laughs> that about does it, then. I think that's it. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. <laughs>